patience, this is DJ Tim reporting live from a war zone. I'm wearing khaki trousers and a press pass around my neck like a sacred medallion in the hope that it spares me from the surrounding violence. I've adopted a clear yet urgent tone. There will be no musical interludes, there will be no historical segues. This is the report that will echo through the ages. That is, if we survive. And I figure out how to upload this recording from my phone. It's been a bit buggy lately. Every time I swipe up, it calls the Russian intelligence service. And my angry birds are mild at best. I asked lunch Lady Lavinia if she wanted to go in on a family plan, but apparently she already has a family. Who knew? So anyway, patience, you may remember that last time I was about to partake in a morale booster for the staff. Something akin to capture the flag we were promised. This was mostly true if you substitute flag for vampire and capture for stake through the heart or behead. It was the series finale of Buffy if everyone was Giles except more reluctant and apologetic. Jean made it very clear our livelihoods depended on participation. Don't you just hate corporate away days? I was once made to do a Myers-Briggs test. It told me I was ostentatious yet reserved. Venus was in retrograde and that I'd won 50% of my next meal at Hing Lee with this fortune cookie. Then we had to make a bridge out of straws that had to stay above troubled water, or Art Garfunkel would be shot. It's not as though I was particularly a defender of vampire rights, but they hadn't really bothered me, truth be told and Boffo seemed to have made great friends with them. That's where the first real issue arose. When it became clear what our task was, Boffo asked me to accompany him to the bathroom first, for a good clear-out, you know, before the action. That's when he confided in me that ever since the success of his blood coffees, He'd been curious to try them for himself. After all, he said, what good is a barista who won't taste his own creation? And that the previous week, he'd made the transition from human to vampire. Well, patience, it's one thing to imagine they're the enemy. It's another to know that one is your friend. I ushered Boffo back into my studio and made a transmission on the emergency broadcast frequency that I know full well is monitored by some of our ex-inhabitants in the nearby London forest. Surely Ariadne, the awful specimens from the children's ward, or even a killer clown would come to his aid. I told Boffo to head to the morgue, from where there is a refuse chute that falls directly into the Thames. 
Patience. I can only hope he escaped, because that is where my contact with him ended, and where I had to return to the Slayers. Upon my return, I noticed there were a number of staff members I'd never seen before, dressed in black uniform, with masks, pointed batons, and the Fractal Pharmaceuticals logo emblazoned on the sleeves. On the back, they had the phrase, All lives matter, except vampires. They led the charge as I held back and shuffled along with Dr. Bollyox in tow. He tried to make a joke about staking being the ultimate acupuncture, but it fell rather flat when one of the vampires from the windowless wards jumped down from the ceiling above us and hissed as Dr. Kim stepped in and instinctively impaled them. They exploded in a puff of dust. Perhaps exploded isn't the word, it was more like when you blow the seeds from a dandelion clock. Dr. Bollyox quietly said something about energy never dying, and Dr. Kim promptly vomited. I'm not sure to which she was reacting. As we reached the windowless wards... All was quiet. The Black Ops team were positioned to storm in, pointed batons poised. One of them shouted, This time we're coming for your necks! And the ward door shattered. I hid behind the nurse's station and peeped over the counter to get a view of the proceedings. But it was so dark and everyone was in black. All I could hear were whooshes and gasps and gurglings. A flashbang was deployed, and I saw a snapshot like a German expressionist nightmare. Teeth, blood, dust, and contorted bodies. And then a loud rumbling, and another flashbang. Except this time, the blinding light didn't stop. It wasn't a sodium glare, but blazing sunlight, as a whole wall had been blown away from the outside by a Fractal Pharmaceuticals branded tank. It was like a vaudevillian stage illusionist had made his audience disappear in a brilliant flash of light and smoke but there was no one left to applaud. Check the corridors, there might be more, yelled Jean, and if anyone finds Mrs. Franks, come straight to me. I made as though I was joining the search and headed straight to the laundry room, where I'm still hiding under a pile of lab coats. They have not been laundered yet, unfortunately, and smell of, well, science. If this was a normal show, I'd have made a staff announcement by now. Instead, all I've done is text Harry to see if he'll come pick me up. He'll know how to escape this place without being seen by either the Black Ops team or any vengeful vampires. 
I wonder what this hospital will be like without any of the unusual inhabitants I've come to expect. Like a regular hospital, I suppose. Except one who is under the thumb of a private company due to lack of funding. I wonder if it really matters who is in charge of the hospital. Can anyone really control it anyway? Anyone who's been in charge here has done something reprehensible at some point. I guess we can only be responsible for our own actions. Or is that a cop-out, Patience? Do I just feel powerless because I'm hiding in a pile of laundry? Harry's replied. He says, I'm on my way. Shall we go for a drink after? I hope he means alcohol booze, Patience. If it's another twist and he means drink or blood or something, well, I'm not sure I have any more reactions left in me. I'll just be an impassive robot, like a politician who's been asked not to let child refugees drown. Wait, is this going out? Like, going out? Oh, Patience, this lab coat I'm under has got a note in the pocket. Let's find out what science has been sciencing. Doctor's Log The pain of losing knowledge is perhaps more hurtful than the prospect of losing one's health or youth. Although at several hundred years old, I can't honestly say I even remember losing youth and health has lost all meaning. Maintaining life has never been a challenge for me, but restoring it, that was my life's work. And then I lost it. If only I hadn't misplaced that damn book. I searched every shifting corridor, every bathroom portal, every painting, until at last I sensed the hospital shiver at its touch, and I knew it had been opened once again. But then, once I'd reclaimed it from that studio, of course the pages I needed had been torn out. But no matter, the very same voice that was silenced by the book returned to guide me back to the tower and back to the path of restoration. And with this, my second attempt at reanimation, I believe I have found success once again. It's dated yesterday. And this all sounds so familiar. Oh, I, I just got a text from Boffo. It says... Thank you, DJ Tim. You are a true friend. I'm sheltering in the London forest with all the other creatures of chaos. Gramala the Destroyer says hi. Well, that's a relief. Oops. I think someone heard me. Better get deeper into the laundry. Patience. This lab coat... It also has an insignia. It says, Dr. Franks. Well, isn't that funny, because we have a Dr. F working in the bell tower, 
and Jean is looking for Mrs. Franks. I wonder if they're related. Oh. Oh. Well, that, that was very sexist of me. So, oh. Well, bugger me.